Has this podcast helped you in your recovery or healing journey as you pursue wholeness in Christ? Have you gained insights into yourself or developed better skills for building healthy relationships? If so, would you consider partnering financially through a generous year-end gift? Your financial support allows this program to be broadcast to thousands of individuals in over a hundred countries each week. By God's grace, the good news of hope and healing is spreading across the globe. To make your year-end contribution or become a monthly partner, visit BeBroken.org donate. That's BeBroken.org donate. Or call 210-822-8201. Thank you for your partnership. We truly are better together. Good day, listeners. Jonathan Darty here with another edition of the Pure Sex Radio program. You know, parenting can feel overwhelming in the best of circumstances, but you know, in today's world that is awash in all forms of sexual brokenness, it can actually seem impossible, especially when it comes to the issue of identity. In today's episode, our guest is Jordan Young. He's a student ministry pastor at Table Community Church in Hillsboro, Oregon, near Portland. He has decades of experience in working with students and the various challenges they face in the culture. Our conversation focuses on identity and the confusion that many students are experiencing and how the gospel of Jesus addresses this with grace and truth. Jordan and their students read through our identity book over six weeks and it made a huge impact on helping the students better understand what identity means and how we all live from a sense of identity, whether true or false and why identity in Christ is the only source of eternal hope and peace. You can get your own copy of the Identity Book by John Fort on Amazon or our ministry resource page at BeBroken.org store. For even more parenting resources, visit BeBroken.org family or check out links in today's show notes. And of course, as always, friends, we would love it if you would rate and review the podcast to help others to find it. Pure Sex Radio is produced by Be Broken, and we exist to help men, women, and families move from sexual brokenness to wholeness in Christ and equip others to do the same. Now let's jump into this hopeful conversation with Jordan. Well, all right, Jordan Young, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me, Jonathan. Yeah, so I'm excited about this conversation because you work in the space of ministry that some people find terrifying. Uh, you work with students. <laughs> so right. can you, first of all, just tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got into that field of ministry? And then we're going to talk about something that you did that was pretty uh, interesting with a resource that we've got. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just about me, uh, first and foremost, um, just calling the obvious disciple of Jesus above all things. Um, I'm a husband, a father, and I've had the privilege to work in youth ministry for a little over 22 years now. And uh, just a little bit about my family life. Like I, uh, my wife and I were about to celebrate our 22nd year anniversary. Um, we have three kids together. My oldest is 20. So I have a 20 year old, an 18 year old. Both of those are boys. And then my daughter is 16. Uh, and to be completely honest, like as I, I've been in youth ministry for a while, they were born into me being a youth pastor. And I was terrified about them joining our youth ministry. What was that going to look like? I think some parents either give their kids lots of uh, more grace than they deserve and other kids or other parents are more harsh with their kids. And I think I'm more the latter. Um, I have the philosophy of guilty before proven innocent. And uh, and so it was just interesting with them joining my youth ministry. And um, I uh, 
I really discovered that um, I really wanted to become a better youth pastor and a better parent with them there. And um, all glory to God, that has just really happened. So it's been a joy having them uh, in, in our youth ministry. Uh, as far as how I got into youth ministry, um, I was 18 years old, right out of high school. Um, I was going to a state university in East Texas, hadn't quite started yet. And I really felt a strong call from the Lord. I was at a conference that uh, he was leading me to ministry of some sort. Uh, as I spent a couple of years praying over that and through that, I really felt a strong calling to youth ministry and or college ministry. Uh, and really pretty much all of my time has been in youth ministry. Uh, it's been intentional to stay in youth ministry. I haven't felt a call to be a lead pastor or anything like that. Um, I had looked at the tenure of youth pastors, youth leaders, and it's usually 18 months. I mean, that was 22 years ago. And yeah. I looked at the stat recently, and I don't think it's changed very much. I have friends who have been in youth ministry a lot longer, but I think the national average is still uh, 18 months. And our kids deserve more. Our kids deserve better. And so I wanted to invest long-term in student ministry. And so, man, it's been it's been quite a, a journey. Yeah. And I think that makes a difference, that, that stability. So uh, I commend you for staying in that because it really does matter, I think, when, when kids get into that. Uh, environment to be able to kind of have that stability of leadership all the way through, yeah. um, which, by the way, I think is also symbolic of why God designed marriage to be a covenantal lifelong relationship, because what do children need? Children need that stability, that sense of there's a security in that home relationship. So we're going to talk about the issue of identity, because that's that's a huge topic in our culture. I'm sure it's something that you see all over the place in terms of especially today, but it's always been present in some form in, in student ministry, right? But um, can you talk about what you're just kind of seeing in, in the culture, just kind of with teens and young adults, just around this issue of identity and some of the real challenges that that maybe you're seeing them face when it comes to not only understanding identity, but man, how do they, how do they live into uh, their identity? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I'll first start off and just say in my 22 years experience in youth ministry, I have never seen such a dramatic uh, culture shift that we've experienced, I think, in the last five years. Um, in in our church world, I mean, there's always something that creep up. And I don't mean anything negative by this, but we have our, our Facebook moms that love getting up on social media and making a big deal out of small things. And uh, an example of Harry Potter, when that became something really popular, right? So people went to social media and I really do think that it's out of, of fear and it's um, it's out of, yeah, just, just fear of the, of the unknown that, that people just ask really uh, interesting questions. And I've seen that happen from time to time again. And it feels like we make big deals out of really small things. And it typically just ends, ends up playing itself out, out over time. And I remember specifically, I think it was either 2018 or 2019, um, I saw these, these group of parents on social media that were putting out, like, we need to talk to the, the Oregon school boards about all the sexual curriculum that they're writing for our elementary and our middle school uh, age groups. And I, I looked at all the documents that they were putting out and the things that I was reading, sure, it was different. Like, it was definitely change coming, but I'm like, we're making a big deal out of small things. It's going to seem like a big way, but then everything's going to iron out and it's going to go this, um, cause it's going to go forward as normal. Like it usually does. And oh my gosh, was I completely wrong? 
Uh, it is definitely out in the, the Portland, Oregon area. We're sensing it, but I think we're experiencing, experiencing it all over the country as well. Um, that, yeah, the, the curriculum has totally shifted in what our, our teachers and what um, our social media is really putting out there and really what peers are, um, are speaking into our students. And so um, I actually listened to a podcast that you guys put out um, with a uh, Brandon Showalter, which was actually really impactful and it was eye-opening for me. Uh, and I went through and I listened to his podcast as well. So a lot of these like stats that I'm going to, or things that are are true, it kind of come from the stuff that I've learned from him, but it's, it's not new stuff. This is just putting language to something that, that we've been mm-hmm. experiencing. But really what we're experiencing is the indoctrination through our public schools, through social media, through uh, the peers groups, that our personal happiness is the goal for individual flourishing, uh, specifically when it comes to sexuality and gender. So uh, that is something that's just being spoken into them in an early age. Also, um, our students are being discipled into they are their personal feelings and it's breathed into them that if anyone um, interferes with their desire for happiness, then those people are your enemy. And that is exactly what our, our students are, are being breathed into from a very young age, kindergarten on up. If they're in the public school system, this is something that, that that's happening. It's not just, um, uh, yeah, just this, this thing that, that, that may be happening. It is absolutely happening. And, um, and more prominently, we're seeing it play out in our middle school students and in our high school students. Uh, as early as age 10 and 11, we're seeing kids really put a label on themselves as pangents, uh, uh, pansexual, as bisexual, as gender fluid, as trans, as gay. Um, and I remember specifically, I had um, a conversation with a student uh, with the blessing of the parent and the parent was also in the room. But uh, had a conversation with with a either a ten or eleven year old that came out and said that they were bisexual, and so a part of that conversation was, "Do you know what bisexual means? Do you know what a sexual desire for someone means?" And we kind of unpacked as far as like what that means, as far as wanting to have sex with you know, either or gender. They're like, "Oh my gosh, I don't want to have sex with anyone," and mm-hmm. so <laughs> not even a desire to have sex. Right. Not, that wasn't even formed in them yet. And, um, and yet they're already putting this label on them because of the culture that they're growing up in. Uh, peers are totally um, uh, really solidifying in them. And they're spending so much time on social media that those people become their experts. And um, parents, other adults in their lives who love them are no longer the experts because they are the enemy because they don't want their kid to be happy. They're speaking yeah. Hope you hear what I mean in that. It's not that we don't want our kids to be happy. It's like we see some of them something so much more for them, and because we speak against this, uh, you you are what you feel mentality that you're so much more than that. Then we as parents or we as adult leaders become the enemy in their lives, and they shut down and speak um, ill against us. Pronouns yeah. huge that they them's all of that. Um, and I, I'm just gonna like kind of end a thought that uh, as a follower of Jesus and a discipler of students. Uh, I don't think this is a war necessarily on gender and uh, sexuality as much as much as it is a war on identity. Yeah. And that's really, uh, yeah, because that's what we're going to talk about. So even when you are talking about, hey, it's not, we're saying we don't want our kids to be happy or content or those kind of things. 
but sometimes when we make anything um, uh, our identity that is uh, uh, sort of either external or is dependent upon something that's external, right? Mm-hmm. Then we are getting into into trouble. And even even though somebody might say, "But my feelings are internal," but your feelings change. Like there's something that th- these are fluctuating things. One question I want to ask you too, just kind of about the cultural dynamic and maybe even what you've seen in your own student ministry is, uh, you know, years ago, probably when um, you and I, our generation was uh, kids, um, we used the term peer pressure. Um, now that's been, you know, upgraded to social contagion, right? Um, but how are you seeing that play out with all these identity issues? The idea that, hey, one person expresses themselves in one way around their identity. And all of a sudden the dominoes start to fall where now you've got 50 kids that are somehow the same expressing themselves in the same way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've never thought of it uh, like peer pressure before. And part of me wants to say it's not necessarily even peer pressure uh, as much as it is like it's an inner out culture, which maybe end up becoming peer pressure, right? It's like you're either a part of this or you're not, and people don't want to be on the out. And so to belong somewhere, they they need to belong in, in this identity. Uh, man, I, I read a book, uh, Three Big Questions That Change Every Teenager. Um, and it focused in on three questions that every teenager is asking. And I'm going to say every human is asking, but uh, it centers around identity, it centers around belonging, and it centers around purpose. So who am I? Where do I fit? And um, what difference am I going to make? And so identity is the biggest piece. That's what we're talking about the most. But also that where do I fit piece a lot of our students don't feel like they fit anywhere for one reason or another. Like we used to, when we were kids, like we had the jocks, we had the, the, the nerds, we had the band kids, we had the this and that. And now people don't necessarily have a place where they fit and they're trying to find a place to belong. So a lot of this gender and sexuality stuff is a place to belong. It's a, it's a subgroup. Mm-hmm. So you had, uh, you did a pretty interesting thing. You know, we had, we had released this book, Identity. John Fort, our director of training, had, had created this book. Uh, it's entitled Identity, What Foundation Are You Building On? And um, uh, he reached out to you because you guys are in the same area and you, you know each other. And he said, hey, I've got, a, I've got an idea for you, Jordan. Uh, <laughs> would you be willing to take your students through this book? Because it's, it's laid out as like an eight-week study, and it's really on the topic of identity. Uh, one of the things that I appreciate about the way John wrote this, and I'd love for you to speak into it as well, is it wasn't like right out of the gates of, of like trying to pigeonhole or force the reader into a really particular outcome of identity. It's really trying to say, hey, do you even understand how identity is formed? Do you understand the concept of identity, the the definition? Where does this come from? And then in a general way, kind of leads to this idea of, do you know who you are? Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about what that was like, uh, first of all, just to take this on and, and even just introduce it to your students? Yeah, absolutely. So we had, um, I've been at my current position for two years and we do not currently, or we did not have a uh, discipleship class because we don't have Sunday school or anything like that. We only had only had our Wednesday night program, and I wanted to start a discipleship track to start really getting uh, involved in students' lives. The biggest thing that I I needed was I needed a space where I expected my kids to speak. So if I ask them a question, they're gonna they're gonna answer. And so we started this discipleship class, and I 
right out of the gate, I told him, I was like, if you come to this, A, you're committing to read and B, you're committing to open your mouth. Like you've got to speak. This is not a Wednesday night where you can hide. This is going to be a place where you're going to um, really share what your thoughts and, and feelings are. So that's what I, why I created this discipleship thing. And it was only a uh, an eight week class that we did because we were just going to read through this book. And as I was having a conversation with John, his topic intrigued me because in my two years of being in, uh, in this church, uh, I have not really had this, this sexuality and identity conversation with our students. Um, I don't know even where they land with the Lord, a lot of them, um, as yeah, as we've only spent you know a year at this point together, a year, year and a half together. And so I wanted to, to really lay a foundation and get uh, an understanding with where they are and really... Um, start uh, just a, a larger conversation. And so that was my my intent and my desire in going through this. Uh, also, like I had been feeling, I think over these past five years, uh, I haven't balanced truth and love in the midst of this conversation really well. And so I'm just trying to figure out how in the world do I love people, not push them away, engage them in conversation without shutting it down. I don't want to be just that loud, uh, annoying gong. Um, but I'm also realizing, man, I need to be speaking truth. And so this book was meant to be just a conversation starter for us, for me to find out where our students are, and also for me to to have um, an anchor to be able to, to have these conversations. So, yeah, so that's what we did for six weeks. So what was uh, uh, what was the initial response from the students when you just started opening up the book, get into chapter one, week one, week two? Um what was it like to get, you talk about, hey, you got to open your mouth, right? You got to talk. Yeah. So first of all, did that happen? And if so, what were the comments and the feedback and the discussions that were going on around this topic? Yeah, I was actually really impressed with our students. They they did speak up. So we had students from sixth grade all the way to 12th grade in this. And so it was a, a full range of students, which I was a little bit nervous having younger students there. But this is they're experiencing it in school. So I wasn't going to shy away from it. I told parents, I gave them the book ahead of time, look at it. I only had one student whose parents decided for them not to be in the class um, because of just the content, but everyone else stuck around. And I was really impressed with their conversation. So the first few weeks, the thing I think I love most about this book is it's not a, um, a theological document on sexuality and gender. It is a larger conversation. You said it a minute ago. It's a larger conversation about identity. And those first three chapters really get into like um, how identity is formed. It's, you know, we always form identity and across culturally, this is what it looks. This is what it looks for you. And it opened up some really, really good conversations for us. And so um, I remember, uh, I think it was our very first week, um, I put up on a piece of paper um, for our students uh, as we're kind of talking through the chapters. And I said, who are you? Like, tell me who you are. You're starting to, to get this idea of identity. And I put um, at home, at school, and when you're with your friends, like, tell me who you are, both positive and negative. You know, I am a straight A student. I am a son. I am a brother. I am. So we go through all those. We had a whole laundry list. And then I fought for them to say the negative things too. An example I gave them, uh, I learned in middle school that I was dyslexic. And so uh, that is something that is a part of who I, like, I am dyslexic. And so I wanted them to think through some of those negative pieces. And just we looked at this laundry list of identity things that have an ability to be able to speak into who we are. 
and uh, for our students to see, yeah, okay, that is who I am. These are are not um, bad things necessarily. These are actually really good things in our lives, but they're not ultimate things. And so for us to be able to talk through, like these are the things that will ultimately fail you in the end or will come to an end at some point in your life. You will no longer be a high school student, uh, dot, dot, dot. All these things come to a close. And for us to kind of lay that foundation of our identity must be in Christ because he will never fail you. And so um, I, I use the, the conversation from the book to kind of start that. And those first chapters were really good at just kind of forming and coming back to that idea of, and we are most and primarily a disciple of Christ. Our identity is built in him when these other things are true too. What were some of the, maybe some of the biggest either obstacles or challenges maybe for the students in either being able to maybe grasp the concept or engage, or did you get any pushback? Any any students that were just like, I don't agree with that, or I I don't think I'm you know on board with that. Yeah, I had one student in particular that I did not know where he was at in all of this. He was one of my older students. Um, he had just been coming to church for about a year, year and a half, and uh, I was glad he was there, and I didn't want to push him away. So as we got into like chapter four and five, when it started talking about gender and sexuality, I found myself gearing more towards love and being more uh, thoughtful with the words that I was trying to say. And really what I was doing is watering down the conversation. And I had another student jump in and just say, I'm like, we just need to be able to say what is real and not beat around this. And she wasn't speaking directly to me. She was just speaking about the, the topic in general. And that was just, uh, so good to be able to, uh, really frame ourselves around this and be able to have real conversations. So that was a challenge for me from a couple of our students. And then I got to see that this older student I was talking about really did believe these things. I wanted to learn about these things. So, so that was a challenge for me going into it is how do I talk to our, our students about this and in a helpful way? Um, I mean, you got the obvious challenges students aren't going to read. So, so how do you talk about it whenever they're actually not reading? It? <laughs> um, and so uh, we'd still tell them to come, but yet we really encourage them, man, you got to be reading this book. So, so that's a challenge. Um, but oh, mostly it was positive rather than those negatives that have come from it. Were there any, uh, and maybe you've already mentioned some, but were there any surprises that, that either for you or for the students as you were going through talking about identity? Yeah, I, I think the, the biggest surprise is how many things speak into our identity how many of these things we allow to control our emotions and who we are, and then to kind of end at that place of recognize them. And again, not calling those the things necessarily bad, but really being able to have our, our eyes on a bigger goal and ultimate goal in Christ um, was actually really, I think, eye-opening for our students. And it was eye-opening for me to see them grasp that in a, in a really tangible way. Mm -hmm. Were there any either... Uh parts of the book or chapters that that really seem to resonate more than others like in other words you realize man we're getting more discussion tonight or we're getting more like this is really robust you know it was were there any parts of the book that stood out to you yeah i mean those first few chapters really kind of building the foundation uh those were huge and again i loved it because it was um rightfully entering us into the conversation so that once we get to the middle part, we can get into some heavier conversations, but still kept it um, really just all about identity and not necessarily some theological hammer that we had to believe a certain thing. Um, but yet it, it's not shying away from that at all. 
I would say one of the the most helpful chapters, chapter six, God and identity. Uh, we had a chance to talk about that uh, the fact that our brokenness doesn't define us. Uh, and John talks a lot, a lot about sexual brokenness doesn't define us. And we did talk through that, but we also talked about our own personal brokenness and the things that we don't like about ourselves. Those things don't define us. And so being able to correlate something that's really real in me today um, is also true for something that maybe I'm experiencing the sexual brokenness side, or maybe I'm not, I haven't experienced yet, or I haven't had a conversation with someone about this, but seeing how all those things relate and come together, that was a a really um, cool conversation for our students. What have been some of the uh, the outcomes uh, for you and your students and just the ministry overall of having had having gone through this and having these kinds of conversations around identity? Yeah, like uh, I've, I've said it a couple of times, but the idea of just laying down the foundation and the groundwork uh, was really pivotal for us. And so um, because we have done this in our Wednesday night programming and in conversations, I can I can enter into these with a lot more confidence about we need to speak into these things that our students are experiencing at school, but making it not about gender and sexuality. Let's talk about that, but it's not about that as much as it is about their identity in Christ. And that's what Christ is calling us into. And so uh, it's not a behavior, it's a heart change. And so that um, that was huge for for me walking through our students in the, um, uh, the the twelve of us that walk through this together uh, just really helped me form that. Uh, something else that has come from it is it has you know hearing just how relevant this is in our students' lives. Um, it allowed me to have further conversations with other youth pastors. I have some friends who are PE teachers and health teachers out in this area to say, is this stuff that we're experiencing really real? And they're confirming absolutely it is. And so we, uh, as a church, are doing a parent seminar on this topic and using an outside resource to help us enter into this, which then we will take into our Wednesday night um, after that parent seminar to speak more um confidently and boldly about identity um, into what our our, our um, students are experiencing. For the other 30 that weren't able to make it out to the discipleship stuff, they're going to be able to hear it. And um, so this was just really a catalyst in lots of ways for something I wasn't currently doing. Yeah. And now you've mentioned it a couple of times, and, and I think this is where we want to ultimately um, lead, not just students, but any human being. And that is to understand identity in Christ. Um, Can you talk about how you sort of navigated the conversation to that end? And how would you describe what that means Mm. to a student or anyone? And why is it critical that a person come to that place of understanding their identity in Christ. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just think of passages of scriptures, uh, one of the most formative in my life, especially kind of going back to my uh, dyslexia diagnosis and me feeling really broken, just the the Psalms 139 of I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, Just this idea that God doesn't make mistakes, that um, he has been intricately involved in every piece of me from before I was born to who I am today. Um, and that has just been huge into me. So for our students to be able to, to know who they are from their creator, God, who is their father, that makes no mistakes. So de- depending on, regardless of what you're feeling, this is who God is in you. And then um, you have your, uh, your John ones that talk about that. Um, to all of us who receive Christ, he gave us the right to become children of God. 
um, that that ability to to then be adopted into God's family. That we, no matter what our experiences are in this broken world, Christ is calling us to something so much more. And we could just go on and on and on uh, listing scriptures. But maybe one more is that uh, this uh, in Galatians chapter three, he says that there's uh, neither Jew nor Greek, uh, neither slave nor free, neither male or female. Uh, you are all one in Christ. Again, not that being a Jew or Greek is bad or being male or female is bad. He's not saying that those things don't exist. He's saying compared to us being one in Christ, those things have no um, no weight. And so for us to be able to see who we are in Christ, that is the most ultimate thing. We're looking to give him glory in and through our lives ultimately. That's where we're going to find that identity piece. So those three big questions I brought up earlier, identity, belonging, and purpose, and the gospel speaks into all of that. And we don't have to have questions about who we are. We, um, those things won't f- be fleeting. That thing will be consistent and constant through our lives. And so um, so as we're, we're just thinking about identity in Christ and what it plays out, what it looks like, that, that's my, my heart and my drive. And uh, yeah, I think this book is speaking into something very relevant to what our students are walking through. Yeah, I'm, I appreciate you bringing up, especially that Galatians 3 passage, because I think that's a that's one of those quintessential places that I like to take people to say identity from God's perspective transcends all those other identifiers. Yeah. Like, hey, I am identified as a male. I'm identified as uh, white. I'm identified as Irish. I mean, all those identifiers are fine, but they are not my identity, yeah. which transcends all of that. And I think that's so critical because we are in a world right now that wants to conflate an identifier with identity. Yeah. And I'm so grateful, uh, Jordan, that you went through this with your students. Um, as we kind of uh, close our time here today, I would love for you to just be able to speak, especially to to parents out there, but also maybe to other um, uh, student ministry pastors, but just to those who are uh, shepherding young people today, what would be your message of just hope and encouragement? Because I do think we're living in times now where there's a lot of parents and teachers that are just kind of hyperventilating around what's going on in the culture. Yeah. How would you help them to uh, kind of have uh, some peace and hope in the midst of all of that? Yeah. I mean, first to the parents, right? That um, I mean this with all the love in my heart, that uh, parents, you are the primary discipler of your students. The, the church is not the primary discipler. A youth ministry is not the primary discipler. If your kids go to a, a private Christian school, they're not the primary disciplers. You are the primary disciplers. Uh, because someone is discipling your kids into something. So if you're not doing it, it's coming from somewhere and it's probably going to be something that's really uh, harmful for your kids. So silence and fear is not what the Lord is calling us into. It's engagement and, uh, you know, PSA announcement, right? That we don't have to be the perfect parent. We don't have to have the right things. We don't, we, we can actually even say the wrong things in those moments, but we just need to be present and we need to engage because our kids are looking for a place to belong. If they can't belong in your family unit uh, to be real and who they are, then where else are they going to be able to find it? And that terrifies me. So um, I would just encourage you know, parents to educate themselves, have conversations with people. Uh, and then also, um, yeah, have conversations with people. And um, 
I, I apologize. My dog's barking and someone's about to walk in my front door, but, um, hey, no problem. yeah, so, um, yeah, so yeah, just to engage with, with their kids, um, and bring in these outside tools like identity to be able to give you tools and you could do something with a student. Yeah, that is so good. And, um, uh, Jordan, I just want to thank you for, uh, first of all, stepping into this space uh, with your life and and responding to God's call, and also just for being with us here today to have this conversation and just share your experience of what you've gone through with your students uh, with this identity book. So thanks for being with us today. Absolutely. Thank you, Jonathan. Yeah. And listeners and viewers, I want to encourage you uh, to go grab a copy of the identity book that John Ford has written. It's a great tool to just be able to get, as Jordan was talking about, just to get these conversations started. Um, and so you can get that on our website at bebroken.org. We're always glad that you're with us and we look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio program. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.